you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Damashek football program available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to episode number 156 of the Dave Damashek football program. Available as always on NFL.com slash Sheck, S-H-E-K, and iTunes. I switched it up. Usually I do those two in the other order there. Either way, let's press on. Back from Seattle, the Pacific Northwest. You know him from NFL.com. He's got a pick six up there right now talking about which NFL players would make good WWE wrestling stars. I'm sure our pal AJ Hawk enjoyed that piece. It's Adam Rank. What's the poop, fella? Hey, boss. Thanks for having me. You sure. flip me around. It's like uh, when you have to go and switch hit because I'm used to the iTunes available on iTunes. Just saying those words soothes me and it, it is the signal that the podcast is about to begin, but now that, you've thrown, now that you've thrown a monkey wrench into the whole thing, I don't know. No, I don't know if I let's can... do it. Did you have a good time in Seattle? Um, when I wasn't around Black Tie, yes. Black Tie was there with you, yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah, it was weird. We had a weird, uh, or, and you can go back and listen to episode 155 from earlier in the week here. Loved it because it had no Black Tie. Yeah, well, uh, there was a there was a big response to that, to his absence. And in fact, like they say, absence makes the heart grow fonder. I did, in fact, get some social media notes from from devoted listeners saying, boy, I've never missed black tie so much. And uh, and by the but before we get into anything else, let me just say, here's what we have coming up for you. We're going to talk with the great Maurice Jones Drew. We want to kibitz with him about the top 100 list. That just wrapped up on NFL Network. Depending on when you're listening here, we just uh, finished that up Thursday night, of course, counting it down from 60 down to 51, and also be on the lookout for the halftime show coming up here because, uh, obviously, now that we're at 51, if my math is correct, we're halfway through this, this year's top 100 list. So we'll talk about that. 
that, talk about how the Jags are looking, those uniforms, so on and so forth, with MJD. And then also the Around the League Debate Club boys are going to be in in here for their weekly debate club. So much to discuss here. Um, rank, Seattle, beautiful, yes. though, eh? Great town. I mean, I think, I, I, to me, I still go San Francisco as, as our most beautiful city in these United States. But Seattle, right up there. Top two or three, I would say. Easily, yes. Yeah. Um, in the meantime, in your stead, mm-hmm. handsome Hank sat in your chair. Oh, good. Is that cool? Let's go with me. He jumped in there. I don't, you know, that was, uh, I said, I don't know about this temerity. He said, I don't care. Rank who? Um, and we got into a good discussion about pizza toppings. Actually, I heard that wasn't good. Two, you heard that wasn't good. No, people did not enjoy that. They didn't. The social media turned on you on that one. They said, you know, it's it's weird. This like, is what it is. It it's be, what I, they, 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 because I go bold with my pick, then no, they have you're, to you're berate. Con, you're contrarian to be contrarian. It just, it's starting to fall flat. It is not contrarianism to say that I like meatball and onion together. That is, that, that's glorious. Go have a hoagie then. Well, I got news for you. Necktie Milner sat behind that glass there that's the main reason people were upset with uh with uh, black tie's absence because he said pineapple and pepperoni which is just oh. you know, that's an outrage that's it's an outrage. terrible the correct answer is jalapeno it's the wave of the future it's very good i like peppers on pizza be they green banana jalapeno or otherwise all right now let's say hello to a man who is our dolphins our resident dolphins ambassador here all the way from across the atlantic ocean it's handsome hang He's handsome Hank from England, handsome from England. He's handsome Hank from England, handsome from England. He's handsome Hank from England, handsome from England. His name is Handsome Hank. He's handsome Hank, he's handsome Hank, he's handsome Hank. Hello, handsome. How are you? I'm very well indeed. Thank you, Dave. Thanks for having me back again for a second time this week. I oh, certainly, that. certainly. Um, yeah, a lot of heat. Back? No, no, no. I'm, I'm very happy sitting here. I feel, I feel, I like looking into your eyes. Those, Thank you. Those blue eyes of yours are, um, uh, are divine. There were, all, there was a lot of heat off of the uh, two top, the best two topping combo. Uh, there in, really was. And, yeah. And I'm, I'm stunned. There are people on social media actually defending um, the, the pineapple choice, which is extraordinary. Yeah. No, I, and shame I, on I them. I thought it, be, it had been made illegal in several states, and the fact that people are actually out there defending <laughs> it is. Is um is I don't think it would be going too far for it to be a misdemeanor. Oh, I think to, it, I to think put just pineapple a ticket, on a probably, pizza. Probably yeah, right. Sixty buck fine. Don't do it again. I mean, I don't think you need to do hard time necessarily. No. Well, but three times, three strikes. Mm-hmm. Then maybe, then maybe some jail time. Right. You should have to do it Tough in a but back. Fair. It should be like a back alley. <laughs> you gotta, maybe, I found. <laughs> All right. Here's something else shameful. Another list uh, that uh, has raised uh, that's gotten a fair amount of heat. It's the top 100 players of 2013 list. Like I say, the latest 10 names have now been unveiled. Counting it down from 60 to 51. You go Jared Allen. Derek Johnson, the fine linebacker of the KC Chiefs. And there's Victor Cruz, unsigned as of the time of this recording. Doug Martin. Let's find out how MJD feels about being only the second-best Florida-based running back behind the rookie Doug Martin there. Phrase it to him that way. That's what I'll say to him. That's what I, you won't. I don't jive. You know me. I don't like. I, there's no jive talk. That's the one rule I have. Then you go uh, Terrell Suggs. Once again, raising the question. 
If you were hurt for a large chunk of the season, as Suggs was, what what did he come back? Right around week nine-ish, I think, in in Houston. They got smoked pretty good down in Houston in that game. That was his first first game after the Achilles. And by the way, should should give uh, Niners fans at least a little glimmer of optimism that Suggs made it back and contributed. That said, he didn't have a great season. It took him a long time to get up to speed. How he sits at number 56... When Roethlisberger is at 61, I guess he won a Super Bowl. What am I going to say? I mean, Terrell Suggs did do that. You know what else is scary? John Harbaugh may be a little hyperbolic with his enthusiasm for the 2013 Ravens. We might be a better team. I doubt that because the one and only got what you you think that the Ravens might be better this year than they were last season. They weren't a very good regular season team, so I completely get where he's coming from. I well, that is exactly kind of what I what I was thinking. But here's the deficit that they have, as I see it: leadership. I I know it's a uh, it's uh, hard to quantify what that means in a locker room, but clearly, you look at their arch rival Pittsburgh Steelers. They lose some big pieces in terms of leadership, and that locker room imploded. Now you have no Ray Lewis and Ed Reed. Who is the vocal guy? The guy who and we've asked that question of several Ravens here. Who's going to step up and fill that void? Ray Rice kind of laughs about it like well it's not going to be me though he's he's relatively soft-spoken joe flacco definitely is is it suggs he's bombastic but i don't know that he's a leader of men in that way i think suggs can be on defense but i I actually think flacco with winning a super bowl and being a super bowl mvp is now empowered to be that kind of vocal i just don't think it's in him i don't know i don't know i think i think think he's kind of uh he's pretty steely i think i think the players will listen to him maybe a year ago it would have been difficult for him to do but i think now you could probably rely on flacco to do that at 55 you have jpp of the giants and you have julius peppers julius peppers had a crummy season by i mean anybody any uh, talk to any bears fan anybody who's who watched that team last year will point out that uh, he was lackluster then you go champ bailey classic lifetime achievement award there's no way that champ bailey at this point is a superior uh, cover corner to darrell revis and yet there he do, sits ahead of him do they not watch the playoffs yeah, I you know Champ Bailey has is a guy. He's he's a great talent, but you know this is a thing. A lot of people are so high on the Broncos this year, and what they're going to do. I feel like they lose Doomerville, and Champ Bailey is getting long in the tooth. I you know I I don't know that this defense is. I mean that defense was really good and has been for the last two seasons. I think they they uh, take a little bit of a dip here this season, and if that defense isn't great. I you know I don't even I'm not positive that the Broncos are going to win the division like most people are and the declaration that the Broncos are absolutely positively the best team in the AFC also questionable to me. And you also if you've been paying attention to our NFL.com top 20 games of 2012 number 8 was the Broncos Chargers game and people forget that you know if San Diego hangs on to a 24 point lead which you think should have been a slam dunk <laughs> at that point Broncos fall to 2 and 4 after that game, their season that might that season might spiral out of control, and then things could be a lot different there. So I think it's not out of the realm of possibility that the Broncos could take a step back. Plus, you know me, I'm going to say the Chiefs are going to be better. I mean, I, <laughs> but but the overarching point, Champ Bailey, 53. That means that there are, if my math is correct, that means that there are now four corners left on the list. Then you go Vincent Jackson, who did indeed have a dynamite season. And Russell Wilson at number 51, closing out the first half. The, the he of the sexy deep ball. Vincent Jackson, though. Yeah. And, and, I mean, and Doug Martin. So, in the top 60 players in all the NFL, 
Two of them are Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, and also, I mean, was Vincent Jackson's season was good, but was it so good that he's suddenly gone from? I, th- I don't think he was on this list last year to to finding his way all the way up into. I, I, that just seems extraordinary. That like surely you should have a gradual move up the list because fine for a player like Russell Wilson, fine for a player like Andrew Luck, RG three guys who actually you know really. Stood out last year and changed the, the their teams around, but Vincent Jackson didn't By do defi- that much. I, look, I understand this isn't a sport of individuals, but you know, shouldn't it's the same thing as all those Chiefs getting to the Pro Bowl last year? This bum team, how humiliating must it be to be on the Chiefs and not be one of right. those Pro Bowlers? Same goes for Tampa Bay. Oh wait, we have two of the top sixty players. Wow, we should be pretty good. Oh, except that I'm on the team. That's a, that must make that it must give them self esteem issues. Um, to realize that Russell Wilson now, by my math, there are ten QBs. Le- yeah, that's right. Ten more quarterbacks left there. RG three obviously will be among them. Andrew Luck is going to be up there. Ryan Tannehill. You don't think he's I, in the top fifty? I'm thinking <laughs> Tannehill is not going to be really. On there. Yeah, no, I don't, I, I don't know that. He might be happen. fifty. Yeah. Um, I did, uh, handsome. I did, uh, do a couple of, uh, I did have a couple conversations, uh, on the radio. I talked with the Finns. I talked with the Finnsiders oh. about your dolphins. They're very excited, very optimistic. So as, they should be, as you would imagine. The thing that they couldn't answer any better than anyone else, though, are, are we absolutely certain that all this, uh, all this excitement, all the fireworks in the off season, it all sort of now hinges on whether or not Jonathan Martin can play left tackles. Because if if that doesn't work out, then it's all for naught. I I think, and I, I I may be wrong here, but I think he actually spent um, three years protecting Andrew Luck's blind side at Stanford. So I think we know that he can play left tackle. Hey, this is pro in football college. though. This is next level. I don't right. know in this league. I don't know. I like just saying in this yeah. league because that's a popular phrase. Um, the so NFL yeah. game is not played in Studio Sixty Six. Steve Smith says it uh, says it pretty much the best right. there. I also so talk- we know it's not played here. I also talked with some Englishmen too. I, uh, my the, friends uh, from the Tuesday Morning Football that's uh, right. podcast over there in the UK. Big fans of the show, which is which is terrific. Knowledgeable football men. Big fans of rank. Big fans of black tie. Um, Wait, what? Some crosswords. Some crosswords for handsome Hank. I was surprised. Why? Why? Because they said that you that, that you lie. You come on this podcast and lie. I, I well. They say you misrepresent their their land, and they how, don't appreciate how so? it. Well, listen. We consider you the Dolphins' ambassador, but Englishmen consider you their ambassador. I, You're trying to put a, a a positive face on on the UK. It needs a positive face, does it? Well, listen, all I know is this. They said, hey, we, uh, you know, Handsome Hank, you know, one of our favorite episodes of uh, the, the Damashek program was when you when he brought in crisps, you know, potato chips. You brought in a variety yes. for us to taste. Yes. Yeah, so did you have a problem with them at the time? I thought they were fine. But they pointed out that they said that you were lazy and you just grabbed whatever was at the airport. Untrue. That's absolutely. what they said. Well, That's the charge of, from your countrymen was that you brought in second-rate crisps, and they said now it's imperative that we get over there for the Viking-Steelers game in late September so they can introduce us to proper crisps. Well, look, two things I will say about this, and I'll be very quick. First of all, untrue, I, I got them from um, a, a corner shop um, near what the hotel where I was staying in London. I, but I, equally, I didn't want to expose you to the, the most... 
extraordinary fa- flavors because I don't want to. Your American palates aren't developed enough mm. to try, you know, a, a monster munch flaming hot crisp. That would be too much for you. Monster munch flaming hot crisp. Yep. Such uh, the Englishmen are so refined, aren't they? A um, bit. A such fancy. classy people. <laughs> monster munch. Now hey. I remember when I went on with them, and it should be pointed out that I went on before you. I, uh, I uh, that's something else that I brought up with them. I didn't care for that move either. Wait, what? That they come around to me after after they finish with Handsome Shouldn't Hank I? and you. Shouldn't I? Then Damashek, oh, as an afterthought. Yeah, we'll squeeze you in, too. I'm opening up for you. Oh, I see. Like this Sunday. I'm like the headliner. Yes, like this Sunday when I'm opening up for David Spade at the Irvine Improv. Oh. I go on before Is that him. right? Cool. Well, Kevin Farley's there. David Spade's supposed to drop in. Kevin Farley? Yes. Who's Is that the brother? Of- Chris Farley's brother. He's the headliner, and David Spade's supposed to drop in. Oh, cool. Good for you. All right, so there's Rank over there at uh, at the improv. Um, oh, I wanted to say something very quickly about uh, a little uh, brush with greatness I had. I went out with a chum of mine, Tall John, one of the one of the great fellas in all of uh, of show business. Caught up with him at this place, the Soho House. Are you familiar with it? Of course. You know, I, I I'd never been there, but I'd heard tale of it. It started in London. Mm-hmm. It's like a membership club Some kind of thing. Club, yes. But it's a, it's a, it really is just like a bar and restaurant, but it's spectacular. Great it really views is. of Los Angeles and all these different things. And what I had heard is you always see. Um, yeah, there are always celebrities in there, and because it's the hoi polloi, there's no right. there's no riffraff. The no. common man ain't g- gaining entry in there. You know, mm-hmm. this is where they this is where they can go. It's their they can shelter. Rub shoulders. That's right. Without people like you or I interrupting. No, in, in, usually you're right. Except uh, last night, Damashek was in there rubbing elbows. And who did I see? This is pretty good. Ron Wood of the Rolling Stones. Whoa. Can you beat that? Can you beat seeing I, a Rolling I Stone? I can. Probably. I actually went there one time, uh, you know, within a couple of months of, of arriving in, in L.A., and I'd never seen a celebrity at this point, and I was pretty excited. And you get in an elevator at the bottom of the yeah, right. and you travel up in an elevator. As the doors opened, I, I'd been waiting. I was with, with one friend. As the doors opened, two six-foot Amazon blondes walk out and a very small man behind them. And I was obviously impressed by these two two women. And then as I as I focused on Michael on Fabiano, man, it wasn't Michael Fabiano oh, no. on this occasion. It was a gentleman called, called Al Pacino. Oh, who, I'm uh, familiar who, with him. And that was so that was great. That was my first uh, Soho house. Pacino. It's Pacino just steps out of the elevator. Wow. Very wow. Nice. I don't, does Pacino beat a Rolling Stone though? I think I think they they're about even. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was pretty cool though to see that. Also, less exciting was uh, Bethany from one of those reality shows. You know who I'm talking about? Bethany Frankel or something like that. That's the one. And it was funny because I thought, wow, what a, a crazy range in celebrity to see Ron Wood and Bethany Frankel. And then I realized, wow, she she doesn't look that uh, dissimilar from uh, Mick Jagger. No. <laughs> but anyway. And actually, um, she was probably thinking, Ron Wood was thinking the same thing. Yeah. Anthony Frankel and Dave Damashek, he saw her in there, and, and uh, what a crazy range of... Oh, he came yeah, up but- to me. Hey, mate, huge fan of your, of your pigskin talk. You know, he loved <laughs> that. <laughs> Disagree on meatball and onion. You know, right. he didn't care for that. But otherwise, I guess he he, th- he says we have uh, some keen insights there. I think you're crowing a little bit too much about this. Though. It's not <laughs> like, it's not me bragging. I went. I, I, I didn't. Like, I don't. I'm not a no. member. I just went along. First of all, I, I missed the days when you were a man of the people. But my I'm point was, I'm still a man of the people. I, this is what I do. Don't you see? I sneak under the velvet ropes for football fans and for and for people who enjoy uh, show business and stuff. That's what I do. I sneak in and I report back from the front. 
You understand? You're hanging out with Ron Wolf now at some hoity-toity clubs <laughs> and talking about whatever. <laughs> Who and is Ron Wolf? Or whoever you're talking Ron about. Wolf. Whoever, whoever <laughs> the members of the Rolling Stones are who are not Mick Jagger or Keith oh, Richards. Right. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, you, you hung out, like, with uh, – it's like you're hanging out with a Jaguar, and it's not MJD. Ah, I get. Oh, you're trying to get us uh, into calling up uh, old MJD. All right, one thing uh, before we do, let's round out our our chat here about the top 100. We now know the first 50 names. Let's jump to the end of the novel here and at least uh, predict some stuff. Who do you guys think is going to? I don't know. Top three, top five. I would. My hunch is that based on the fact that. Adrian Peterson won the MVP. He's also going to be number one here. I would go Rodgers over him and then put Peterson right behind that. How do you guys sort of see the top five rank? I start with you. Peterson, number one. Peyton Manning, number two. You think this is how it's going to be or how you would vote? I, well, obviously, <laughs> you wouldn't vote Peyton Manning, number two, right? Peyton Man- you know, maybe Peyton. No, I switch that around. Peyton Manning, number one. Adrian Peterson, number two. This is based on what the how the – his peers vote. Right. All right. So that's kind of uh, – you, you, so you may be right. Manning one, Peterson two, Rogers three, Brady four, and Dieter Brock five. Oh, mm. look at that. Well done. I don't know that he's eligible, the, oh, the last not. name on that list, See, but uh, you do get the point there. Dieter Brock You're underestimating the power of the podcast. Yeah. I think that – you know what? That's – that should be Haven't you seen his Wikipedia page? He's been made famous. Who? By Dieter Broadcast. Yes. Is that right? Is yeah. it, it's so our his popularity has risen a ton since because of this podcast. Terrific. Well, I you know I disagree with this. I think J.J. Watt would be in there. Yeah. And is going to be in there ahead of Brady at least. I bet you J.J. Watt's probably at about I number four. I can see three the or four hating Brady. Well, they're not going to de- they're not going to downgrade. Uh, yeah, you're right. Peyton Manning will probably be three, but Aaron Rodgers, unquestionably, if you think these guys are voting around playoff time, they'll probably they, they had to have Aaron Rodgers at number two at worst, I would think. Um, then maybe, ah, but yeah, they do love Peyton Manning. Those Everybody players love Peyton, Peyton Manning. Manning. No one, no one would ever say boo about that. Then you go J.J. Watt and then Tom Brady. That's my five. Handsome Hank. Oh, you know, we also leave out Calvin Johnson. Handsome, how say you? Well, I think Megatron will probably be in there because, again, I, you know, this list, uh, as much as we love to believe that there are players involved in everything, there's two things we know. It's not going to all be quarterbacks. If we were drafting, if you were drafting a team right now, probably the first five picks would be quarterbacks. But you've got to imagine one defensive player, and I agree with you that it's Watt, and one um, receiver, and you know, AP is definitely going to be in there. But I would say Megatron probably makes the top five as well. Would you – you know, I don't know if that's true. If you said uh, if for the next five years there would never be anything but a quarterback. But if you said for 2013, let's have a draft of all the players out there, do you, you, you don't think Adrian Peterson would sneak in there? I don't think he would do. I think no, and I wasn't just talking about this season. I was talking about if you, if, I know. if all the players went in a pool and we started all over again, you've got to imagine the first five picks in that draft would be would all be quarterbacks. I hear about the first twelve would right. be quarterbacks. I, Maybe I, the I, first fifteen. If I hear two things that we need to do to tweak the uh, to tweak this top one hundred between now and uh, and twenty fourteen, and I've already offered legitimately to do this. I want to take instead of just blindly submitting the, your ballot. I think you need to be on record. I think you need to show it. I think you need to. I think I, I want to see one man, one vote. I want to see who you're voting for, and um, I want I want it all listed out there. And I I, I want to do it on camera too. That'd be awesome because it would never happen. 
I'm you doing it. I don't care. I don't you care. You know more than anybody. Hey, that. look here. There's Ryan Clark is in studio. All right. Well, hey, while you're here, let's, let's fill, fill out your out. let's and fill then, out your top twenty thing and have him and have him put his name on it. And then his handler would be there, like, no, 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 you can't fill that. Why? Out. What would happen? Because they will not allow them to talk bad about anybody ever. Well, they're not talking that's, bad. They're talking good about. They won't me, let but him, I want to meet the guy who put right, Dennis Petty on this list. I want to see who that's that exactly was. right. More than one person, presumably there were enough players. Well, on we there. know Why that. Was yeah, Pitter, be... Pitter was was a hundred. Right. Who was the guy who put Pitter on the list? Speaking of Dennis probably... Pitter, guys, remember that tight end poll we put up about yes. which one of the five tight ends we mentioned would not make the list? There's only four tight ends left. Right. Totally well, wait a second. It's Vernon Davis, Gronk, Graham. Witten, Gonzalez. Yes. Okay, and we said, and so now 60 down to 51, none of them were revealed yet, so we still have those same. I said it's going to be Jason Witten. That's my guess. Uh, the You want to know the results of the poll? Yeah, it's of everybody's guessing, but yeah. The results, actually, Jimmy Graham is odd man, odd man out. Really? Well, people yes. are absolutely people are wrong on that. That's there's what a, there's I think zero. But people are crazy. If There's Jimmy, no chance that the NFL players are going to not have Jimmy Graham in the top 100 players. That's impossible. It's Black impossible. Jimmy Graham. If it Jason is, Witten, I cancel this list forever. Never. <laughs> they're not allowed to do it ever again if Jimmy Graham is not ranked in the I top 100 this. players. Well, let's you know. So let's you keep, cancel the list forever if that happens. That's what it's going to be. But uh, right now, Black Tie, we have him on the phone here. Let's jump into it with him. The great running back of the Jacksonville Jaguars, number ninety-eight on the top one hundred list. It's Maurice Jones-Drew. Say hello to him, Rank. How's it going, MJD? Oh, going well. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. I wanted to talk about these uniforms. Have you had the opportunity to see the new uniforms, and what do you think of them? Uh, well, I had the chance to see him. I didn't put him on because uh, my mom's still under my Reebok contract, so it would have kind of been <laughs> against the deal. But uh, I like them, you know, a little different. Um, they have an uh, Oregon feel to them. Uh, I love the helmets, the two-tone helmets. I think it's just, you know, this is a new deal we're starting here, and we want to continue uh doing some new things in Jacksonville and getting this deal, uh, this new era going off on the right track. Yeah, but MJD, come on, look at the two-tone helmets. It kind of looks like, I've compared it to, you ever have Skittles and leave them in a hot car for too long? <laughs> it kind of looks a little melty like that, you know? Uh, you know, it's different, you know, and uh, I think our, our, whole, our whole deal is about, you know, us understanding who we are. And accepting that, and our owner, you know, he has a little flavor to him, so he wanted to stand out a little bit. He wants Jacksonville to stand out, so when we play well, people know who we are. Yeah, is there and, any? Uh, it, was there any chance that because uh, he does? I love that mustache and the head of hair he has. Do you think there's any chance that maybe it'd be a cool show of unity for everyone on the team to grow one of those mustaches? Uh, I would try, but I, I don't. If you've seen some of my beard pictures, they're they're not the best looking. So, well, I, 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 I disagree with that. I think it's a handsome look for you. I think you should grow it out. It'd be a cool it'd be a cool uh, thing to to say to the rest of the NFL for every one of the Jaguars to run out onto the field with one of those mustaches. Just think about it. That's all. There's, just give I'll, it some. I'll, I'll talk with some guys and see if we can get that going. Um, okay. Right. Hey, MJD, I want to talk about this top 100 list. You've been looking at this uh, through the uh, through the springtime, right? Right. I mean, I, I mean I'll, talk, I'll check it out. 
Um, so, all right, first let's start with Maurice Jones-Drew. What did you think about your placement? Obviously, you missed the bulk of 2012. The year prior, though, you lead the league in the NFL. How did it strike you where your, where your peers voted you right there at the back end, two spots ahead of uh, the great Dennis Pitta? I was I was actually surprised. You know, I figured I wouldn't be on it. You know, uh, not being able to play, and what it was all about was the top the top 100 players from last year. So to miss close to 11 games uh, and still be voting the top 10, it, it's a very great honor. You know, I I personally I told a lot about that. I didn't think I, I was uh, good enough to play in that or to make it. So. They were, you know, I think we all were surprised. Well, what, what about that then? So what is your philosophical thought then? I guess you just say if you don't think uh, that maybe you even should have been on that list based on the fact that you missed uh, the majority of last season, you missed, uh, you know, pretty much all last season. What about guys like Darrell Revis? Because to me, and I mean the same applies to you in terms of running backs, but you look at Darrell Revis. In in what universe would there be five cornerbacks ahead of Darrell Revis, right? So by that standard, it seems a little bit uh, faulty to me that even though he misses all of last season or, you know, pretty much uh, all but two games, it strikes me as, uh, a, as a little off. I'll say you. Um, you know, I, I, I didn't vote, so I, I, I try not to vote in that thing because to me, you know, you're as valuable as your team allows you to be. And so, um, obviously, in his situation, he, he is probably the top corner when healthy in the league. And so, you're, you know, I, I remember facing him and, and some of our coaches scheming against him, saying, like, okay, we, we can't do this going to that side. So, he does have a presence in, in other locker rooms and in other coaching staff and coaching meetings. So, that, I guess that does deserve being, you know, being on there, even though he didn't play but two games or how many other games he played. I mean, he's still the impact player for that team. You just saw how bad they were. When he uh, when he wasn't playing. Now you said you didn't vote. Do you know anybody who does? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't ask people if they vote or not. I, that's up to them. If they, they choose to vote. That's their deal. Well, you start pressing them. You ask them if they vote or not. But one guy I did want to ask you about because we just watched the show being unveiled and. Doug Martin came in there. He's there in the 50s. You know, I figure, you know, that's a pretty good spot for him. Now, did you get a chance to watch him last year, and what do you think about him? Oh, no, Doug, Doug's done a great job um, with uh, what with what they, they asked him to do. Uh, I've talked with him a little bit, and he, he, he loves the game, and he loves uh, – he just loves to play hard, and that's something you rarely see in young guys. And so uh, he, he's going out there, learning the system, doing a, a great job. I saw him tear up Oakland, which was crazy. But, uh, you know, I'm very proud of for him. You know, he's done a great job, and hopefully he continues doing great things. What do you – well, by the way, that makes you the second-ranked uh, running back in all the state of Florida. So good news. You're ahead of Daniel Thomas and Lamar Miller, at least. That's something yeah, – I still figure, I mean, my production should say I'm number one. But <laughs> well, I happen to agree. You know, you talk about getting up for games and, uh, you know, what is it like for you? And, uh, you know, everybody's optimistic. That's one of the great things about the NFL is that you have a shot when it's August and you can realistically conjure a way that there's a path to the playoffs. But once you get to, let's say, the quarter poll – of a season, and you guys, are, you, you you've had some seasons there where you're one and three, zero oh and four. Things look bleak. How do you get up for a game when you are? I mean, you are 
you know, Maurice Jones-Drew, as much as anybody in the NFL, defines the team he's on. You are the star of that team. How do you get up for games by the time it's, let's say, Halloween and you know you're not going to the playoffs? What's your frame of mind sitting in the locker room on a, on a Sunday morning getting ready to go out there and get hit for the next three hours? Well, we have a job to do. You know, and uh, my job is to play, to run the ball the best I can whenever I'm out there. Um, that's the first take of it. Second is, you know, you never know what's going to happen in in this league. You know, you never know what might happen. I remember a couple of years ago, I think, uh, I think uh, who, who was a team? I'm trying to think of a team who. Uh, I, are you thinking of Tennessee that went 0 in six, 0 in seven, and then they yeah 0 in six and then made a run to the playoffs. Right. Things like that, you never know. So you always play. Um, and, I mean, there's been some years where we, we thought we were mathematically, I guess, eliminated from the playoffs, but then all we had to do was win one out of four games, and and then we'd, we'd have made it. And, you know, when you take things like that, when you go through things like that, it makes every game important. I remember my fourth year, fifth year in the league, we lost to New York in uh, New York Giants in, in, a, in a late they came back in the second half, and in the fourth quarter had a late touchdown drive, and, and we couldn't come back. And if we'd have won that game, we'd have won the AFC South, hands down. We wouldn't have had to play the Colts for the championship to go to the playoffs, and then we wouldn't have had to win one game after that. So it's just little things like that that you try, you try your best to to take care of right off the back, so you don't have to worry about. It. So that's why we play hard every game, no matter what happens, no matter what your record is. You go out there, you play hard. And then you see what happens come December. Let's talk about uh, the Jags going into 2013. You're a big fantasy guy. Let me give you two names. You give me one name. If you're if this is MJD's team, give, choose one or the other. Cecil Shorts, Justin Blackman. Well, obviously, um, early on, you're going to say Cecil Shorts just because of Blackman and, and the suspension he has. But mm-hmm. I tell you the truth, they're both going to do phenomenal in this new offense. Um, it's a playmaker's offense. It's, it's, it's going to be very explosive. I don't want to get too much into it. But if we continue to work the way we've been working, I know we're in shorts and things aren't going the, the way, you know, you're not using pads and people don't like it to, and I'm not a big shorts guy. But just the way we're throwing and catching right now is, is, is ten times better than what it's been around this time in the past. So we just want to continue on that. And hopefully these guys, we, we, we were able to show up and, and play well in September. And if we play well in September, then we'll be okay. Then we can take it one month at a time, one game at a time, and we'll be back to where we need to be. Just tell me one thing. All right, so you're not going to say Henny or Gabbard. I know you're not going to reveal that. But what's practice in the early going look like with Shoelace Robinson? Are, are we going to see some fun stuff out of this guy? Yeah, he's very exciting, very fast. Um we're still trying to get him to tie those shoelaces up because we don't want him to get hit by one of these guys and his shoe, his shoes get knocked off. But uh, <laughs> he, he he's very talented. You know, um, he's done a great job coming in, learned the playbook, and he's uh, he's fast. I mean, one thing our, our GM Dave Call was doing is put a lot of speed out there and a lot of guys that can make plays with uh, with the ball in their hands. So we'll see how it goes, but. Very excited to see him come out and play. It's going to be another person to help us and help our offense and help Lane or or or, or uh, Chad um, be successful. You know, Mercedes is having a great uh, offseason, a great camp, which is really exciting. And really from there, we just want to keep working and, and improving week after week. So when we do get to the season, 
We'll be ready to roll and give ourselves the best chance to be successful. Just make sure this. Don't let anybody, including Denard Robinson himself, ever call himself Denard. Shoelace is a great nickname. You know, that's really <laughs> about as good a nickname as there is. Make sure that's the only thing he answers to, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, we're, we, we, we were working on him right now. Um, we, we, have, we don't have a long way to go because he was a star in college, so he knows how to handle the media. But uh, he's uh, he's doing a great job for us. You know, I can't say anything negative about him. I mean, when you can run that speed all the time, you will be fine. Um, and uh, you know, here's something else we like to uh, we like to try and figure out things uh, in in list form here. Where does Maurice Jones Drew, the MJD nickname, gets most of the ink? But your name is Maurice. And I like that name. That's a cool, uh, an old school name, Maurice. Where do you rank yourself among famous Maurices in history? Uh, I don't know too many Maurices, so. Well, I'll tell you a couple. There's there's, uh, Maurice Rocket Richard of the Montreal Canadiens, you know, one of the great goal scorers in NHL history. There's Mo Cheeks, Maurice Cheeks, of course, the great point guard of those Philadelphia uh, 76ers teams. And then there's Maurice Sendek, who wrote Where the Wild Things Are. Now that you have some names, how do you feel you stack up? Uh, Never really watched NHL, but I'll put myself forth. It seems like those guys have been around a long time. They've put a lot of hard work in and and they've uh, been successful. I'm still working on that path to being the best that I can be and help my team win a championship. So when we win the championship, then I'll be able to move up. All right. Well, that's interesting. But I'm going to go like this, just for the record so you know. I have you currently at number two with a real shot at the top overall spot by the time it's all said and done. Like you say, if you get a Lombardi trophy, you'll be number one. That's, that's 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 what we're working towards okay. right now. All right, so Rocket Richard for now is number one because he's in the Hall of Fame, but I think you're on your way there. Hey, uh, you're a guy who played uh, your college football, of course, at UCLA, and uh, nice season, by the way, for Mora Jr. and company in 2012. Talk about what's going on over at UCLA and, uh, and, and you know, the sort of challenging now of uh, USC. Uh, well, you know, I think uh, what Jim done is he, 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 first he went and saw his team and he understood his team right off the bat where most coaches go and they try to dismantle the team and get guys to cut guys and want to bring their own guys in. He came in and used that first class as a draft class or as his first recruiting class. And he said, this is what we need to move guys around. He moved some guys around where we have Barr who now went from playing running back who last year, if he'd have left early, would have came out and been a top five pick. So, you know, when you have guys that do things like that, uh, that, that know the game and understand where guys belong and put them in the right situation, the right place to be successful, you have a chance. Um, so that's the first thing. Second thing, what they've done with that offense is, is, and the quarterback and, and the players has been phenomenal. I mean, I'm not a big fan of the spread, but what they've done is they put guys in space, and that's all you want. And so that's what they've done, and guys are playing well. And this last year, thirdly, this last year, this re- recruit class they brought in, I think they brought in six offensive linemen and five DBs, and they're just creating competition all over the place. And competition breeds success, and that's what we want to come out of UCLA. And weren't you at UCLA this uh, during the winter, finishing up your degree? Yeah, I was there. I actually talked with a bunch of the guys. I was working out with them with what I could do. And uh, it was just nice sitting down and talking with them and letting them pick my mind and 
just kind of breaking bread with those guys and telling them the ups and downs about school and about the league and and just about life in general. So, well, let me ask you. Uh, I've been to the campus of UCLA, and for those who are unaware, it's uh, it's it's hillier than you would expect. Now, you're rehabbing from an injury. How did you get around campus? I had a little push scooter that uh, was great going downhill. Yeah, but going going uphill was horrible. So, <laughs> so you were in like one of those rascal scooters, like a senior citizen at a casino. No, 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 no. This is the one where you put uh, you put one leg on it and you just kick scoot. It was it was horrible. <laughs> that's even worse. Up a hill. That's that sounds horrible. <laughs> it, it was horrible. It was, and I left um, it at the bro. So. We were okay in that in that aspect of it. Yeah, that's better because if you were on a rascal, then people would say, "Look <laughs> at that prima donna. He used to be a regular guy, and uh, and and now look at him. He's an NFL guy riding around in his rascal." Hey, uh, that- M- MJD, last question for you. Something we were talking about the other day um, is pizza toppings. I can I'm giving you not one pizza topping, not three. You get two pizza toppings. You can choose any under the sun. What are the two best pizza Pepperoni toppings? Pepperoni and olives. Oh, I like that. Nice and salty, yeah. spicy. I like where your head's at there. Yeah, it's, it's simple. You know, whenever the kids want to have pizza, they make sure they get half pepperoni and olives for dad. I like it. I like where your head's at. That's a mature taste bud, too. The kids probably don't like the olives on there, but you're on the right track. No, no, no. And also, you know, talking about the kids, you've been uh, coaching, haven't you? How's uh, MJD, the coach, doing? Oh, man, coaching kids is probably the toughest thing I've ever done in my life. So uh, we have our last game two weeks from now, Mm -hmm. and uh, it's been a long season. I'm I'm the head coach of... of, Four or twelve four-year-olds, so <laughs> you understand my pain, you know. But it, it, it's fun. It's exciting teaching these guys the game. They actually listen, which is crazy. And uh, you know, we just enjoy it. You know, I'm trying to teach them some spin moves. We got the stiff arm down. We just got to work on our, our in and out move and. And catching the ball, but we'll be all right. We, we've gotten better throughout the course of the year, so we'll be all right. Are you on the hot seat though? What's the record? Oh man! Oh, I think we won one game out of five. So <laughs> oh no! It, 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 it's uh, tough. It, it, it's tough, but as long as we get better, I think I think the parents are okay. They won't fire me. There's, there's parents on the other side of the sideline sitting there gloating, like, "Yeah, I beat MJD's team this week." Oh man! Literally, <laughs> and it's crazy. I because I, it's. I, I guess I didn't know what I was getting myself into <laughs> until the first time, and I was, you know, I was a little blindsided by it. But parents are real; like, it's, I, I just thought it's just because it's flag football, it's just fun, let's have a good time. But no, they're actually, they actually like want. They yell at their kids, and they want their kids to uh, to win. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see how it goes. Does you it? know. Four-year-old kids. I have one four-year-old boy. I can't imagine trying to coach 12 of them into doing anything simultaneously or in conjunction with one another. Because so. you're not a winner. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, well, apparently yeah, neither not is MJD. MJD, you only have one win. Yeah, this is what it is, man. I, 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 I mean, I have kids quitting on me. It's all type of craziness. <laughs> trying, trying to get, I told them, as long as we get better, we'll be fine. So I've been bribing them with Krispy Kreme donuts. And pizza at practice. So I think hopefully, that... <laughs> you know, they can continue to play. And next year will be all right. You're bribing it's, them. It's a recruiting violation. 
you know, you have to find ways to get four-year-olds excited about getting on the field and running and other kids running at them. So I figured, you know, Krispy Kreme donuts before and after games <laughs> and then pizza on every Tuesday at practice will be all right. <laughs> Good call. All right, listen, MJD, always uh, terrific to, to yap with you, insightful on a full range of subjects pepperoni and black olives a good call and uh and good luck to you man in in 2013 as uh, like you say a new era gets going there in jacksonville go get them uh houston texans and indianapolis colts this season and uh good luck with the rest of uh with camp here i appreciate it you guys have a great day So there he goes. Nice fella, knowledgeable, like I say, on a full range of uh, subjects there. I'm a little bit surprised at the, you know, most professional athletes, part of the reason, one of the main ingredients in being a professional athlete, I've surmised, like I say, I sneak under the velvet rope to report back from the front lines to the rest of the fans out there. And one thing I've picked up on is that professional athletes obviously are otherworldly in terms of their physical ability but there is a distinction between that and other there are other people that are talented but these guys have a a, a certain i don't want to well i will say arrogance they believe in themselves it's not just confidence they it doesn't occur to them when you watch games on tv you think oh my i would be destroyed by that oh i wouldn't be able to bounce back from throwing two interceptions they really have an ability to just sort of flip a switch and not look back and you can tell the on rare occasions when it is in a player's head but for the most part they just turn the page all that said i'm surprised by the modesty of mjd yeah i didn't play last year very much so why would i be on the top 100 list That's doesn't true. think he belongs there yeah it was pretty interesting i would have thought he would have been a little bit more upset like hey i don't understand why i'm not higher my body of work speaks for himself but no he was very uh then again when i did challenge him head to head about uh, well hey doug martin's ranked ahead of you he said i still like to think of myself as number one so he did so so i guess there is a little bit of that it is like competitive he, stuff yeah i don't think you yeah you don't quite get the mind of us competitors who really are able to just just not think about things right. that you know. You make a bad play. You're you, like you, tun- you 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 know how to get that tunnel vision, don't you, Rank? I do. Listen, I nobody plays more hours of EA Sports NCAA 13 than I. And you know what? Sometimes your quarterback, you make a bad play, but you got to be back out there because those kids in Denmark, they're coming, they're bringing it every uh-huh. every, every, <laughs> every play. Yeah. So you can't you can't afford you can't afford to get caught up in the moment. You just have to stay the course. Why are you wearing a suit? Why would I not wear it? Because I'm a professional? Fair enough. I like that answer. I'd like to be a suit and tie guy. I wish I just would you? was. I just think that if I did you that all even, of a sudden. You can't even tuck in your shirt. I feel like if I suddenly became a suit and tie guy, it would be weird. I'd like to just walk around in one, but I think people would say, what's going on with uh, Damashek? Who's he think he is? I like you, know? you as a suit and tie guy whose suit and tie is, is disheveled. Well, ah. At all times. I think you could really pull that look off. Yeah. Because people would always think, where's Damashek just come from? And and there'll be an air of myster- mysteriousness around you. Hmm. Yeah, like a hard boiled reporter. I'll yeah. get maybe I'll get a I'll, I'll get a chapeau right. too, and I'll put a tag in it that says "press" in the band. Yep. You know. So all right, rank. You didn't get to weigh in mm-hmm. last uh, on the last episode. Again, you were off in Seattle doing stuff. What were you? You were looking at uh, Microsoft or something? Yeah, we were up at Microsoft for the big unveiling of Xbox One. Was it, it cool? It was really cool. If you go to NFL.com slash FanPass, we do a behind-the-scenes tour. They gave us a lot of access to see how they are going through the process, as you would say, Hank, 
of creating the new Xbox One, seeing how they make the controllers, all the testing that they go through. We got to see their mission control, and they had this uh, sound chamber that was really un- – it's hard to describe it, that it's it's a building just in and of itself separate, but completely soundless. Like, even that there's no floor, you're standing on springs on top of – it was so. What the crazy. hell are you why, talking why, about? You got to check oh, it out. Why? Why do you need to build because, it with no floor? Well, if you if you've seen the new Xbox One, it has a lot of voice commands. So if you're sitting there and you're playing your game and you want to pause it, or if you want to pause a movie because you'll be mm-hmm. able to watch movies on this, you say Xbox pause. Now the problem is, is if you're watching like a Michael Bay movie, there's a lot of noise going on. So that Xbox has to be able to recognize your voice competing against all the other sounds in the room and pull it out. And so they had that room in there so that they could really hone that part of the machine. It's really amazing stuff. It's it's getting far beyond me. You know, I'm no longer a young man who can just understand how these things work. And it seems like it's it's funny. As, as, older, as though when you were a young man, you did understand how those things I work. I did. You know what? I mean, it's <laughs> funny because you have children who are young. I have nieces and nephews who are young. Hank, you have children who are young. It's weird how they pick up iPads and things like that. And they I know, agree. And they there is something that. funny that about that, that their brains are more advanced in that regard, that they can pick up cell phones and like, whoa, 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 I got I to gotta show. No, and they're already playing the game. Yes. How do, already, you, how do you figure that one out, they've kid? Already, they've already downloaded a movie on Netflix. Yeah. Like, wait, how, I don't even know how to do that. Yeah, my little girly has, uh, has on more than one occasion taken my cell phone, and I find that she's downloaded little apps of uh, dress-up girls and stuff like that. Little, it's, it's very strange. It's crazy. Best to blame her for that. So, <laughs> uh, uh, hey, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes, I'm deflecting. Um, rank, quickly, yes, best two-topping combo. For a pizza, pepperoni okay. and jalapenos. All right, it's I mean, my listen, favorite. I kind of, I, I, like I, I, I don't think you're insane on that one. Black tie, how say you? That's a good one. I gotta go with also jalapenos, but I'm gonna go with anchovies. Not for everyone. I've but mentioned for the people who like them, delightful. They are good. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah. I don't, I don't like it. I like anchovies paired with other things, especially with the salt. How salty they are, but it is. A stand like because it's you're asking it to carry that slice right with the jalapeno. There is a I think it's, it's a, a number comp- two. It's it's a number two. It's, it's not a, a Scotty Pippen topping. Right. It's not a MJ topping. Man, we got to talk about that too. We won't do it now because uh, the debate club boys are walking in here as we speak. But let me tell you something. We have got to get into this Lakers situation and Dwight Howard. And I really want to kibitz about this with when we have. 10 minutes next week, Rank. We really have to get into this thing because the notion that Dwight Howard, after a season's worth of bashing him from the local media, they destroyed him. When when Dwight Howard goes elsewhere, uh, the, the, the local media here in Los Angeles is going to wring their hands. How dare he walk away? Don't they know this is the Los Angeles Lakers? We groom Hall of Fame centers and we deliver rings. Yeah, except that you berated him and blamed him. He was the target for why the Lakers weren't good, even though he was playing injured the entire season. And when he leaves, now you're going to be outraged that he left you. Yeah, you pushed him out. You made him leave. Of course, he's a sensitive soul, this character. Boy, that team's going to be, I'll tell you, and when he does leave, then what? What's that? that, That's going to be a lost season in uh, in Staples Center, except for the Clippers. Oh, no. You know what? Yeah, it's going to be bad. Kobe Bryant with the bum Achilles, old man Kobe, older man Steve Nash, and Pal Gasol. Boy, that's going to be some team. Being a leader of the Lakers is not for everybody. 
Dwight Howard is certainly probably he's certainly not up for the test. So that's fine. Go do what you go be an anonymous piece of the Rockets. That's fine with me. Don't act like the Lakers haven't had their bad spells before. We had this Cedric Sabalos. I know. Ben this Exiles team ain't going to the playoffs. That's fine. Year. You know what? When they drafted Andrew Bynum, that was coming off a lottery year. It, it happens. You know what? The Lakers have had to rebuild before. People do look at all the championships, and it has been a pretty remarkable run when you look back uh, at Magic Johnson or if you even want to go further back to Jerry West. So there's been bad years. There'll be another bad year. It'll still be fun. They'll bring in a bunch of young guys. That'll compete. It'll be fun. We kind of talked about it now, but we do have to dig more into it. And the Stanley Cup playoffs are rolling on. So that's uh, something else we have to kibitz about. uh, Looking more and more like we're going to get a Bruins-Penguins finals in the Wales. And uh, we'll see if the Wings can knock (laughs) off those Hawks. If that's true, then the Penguins become the prohibitive favorite to win the Stanley Cup if, uh, if you take the Hawks out on the other side. All right, listen. Handsome Hank, a pleasure to see you. Black tie, a little less so. Rank, welcome back as well. Good luck with uh, Sunday night opening up there for uh, Spade and company at the Irvine Improv. Real quick, though, let me ask everybody. Most famous, uh, best Maurice of the names I listed there. Who do we like best? Cheeks, Maurice Richard, Sendek, who wrote uh, who wrote Where the Wild Things Are, or MJD, your favorite Maurice. And by the way, Maurice, some name, huh? Yeah. I really like that name, Maurice. Can you imagine naming your kid Maurice? That's a bold move. You could have you, you could have done that, handsome. I, done, I like Mo as well. I know I Mo. That's well, that's what Mo cheeks is. Who's yes. your vote, Maurice? I think it boils down to Rocket Richard or MJD. Who goes down as the greatest Maurice in sports history? I say the Maurice from the Steve Miller song. Oh, Joker. off the board, off the board. There. There's also uh, Maurice Lucas too. Oh yeah, I forgot about him. That's a good one. Black tie. How say you? I'll stick with MJD. All right. Mostly because yeah, I don't really, I'm not acknowledge the exi- Acknowledge the existence of hockey. Oh, Maurice Claret. Oh, all right. Well, he's not going to win. But He's yes. not going to win, but yeah, he's an interesting name. Yeah, Claret. I forgot about him. Um, handsome Hank. I'm a big fan of where the wild things are, so I'm going to just take okay. it there. All right. Let's make that our poll question. Greatest Maurice. I like that. Um, all right. Listen. Now we... We, uh, we're going to get up, walk out of Studio 66, but hang in because as we walk out, in shall walk Dan Hanzus and Mark Sessler, the two parts, the two debaters on the Around the League Debate Club. Get ready, Flames. Here they come. We'll be back with more Huey and Applesauce next week. Take it away, Flames. Hands Zeus and Mr. Fancy Pants. The Flames need NFL news, and here's their chance. It's ATL around the league. Light a flame, boys. Pigskin's hot tonight. Burn, baby, burn. Thanks, Dave. Welcome back to another edition of the ATL Debate Club. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined, as always, by a man who never met an anonymous source he didn't trust, Mark Sessler. You know, one of these weeks, I'm going to start the show uh-huh. and drop like some dirty laundry on you. Week, how about it's 18, 19 weeks in a row where you've flamed me with some I feel like derogatory as lo- title. As long, derogatory, no, it's truthful, and as long as I keep on dropping truth bombs... Uh, you know, you can't really complain. Very right? little of it has been truthful. This is this is a treat. We're gonna we have a full show today. Uh, behind the glass, the great iconic producer, Black Tie, who is helping us out. Um, Black Tie, thank you for uh, working for us today. This is great. 
What's happening, fellas? <laughs> wow, we get sound bites. Too. How much do you get paid to uh, jump in and produce this show? This show, I'm actually helping out Wilk. Oh, Wilk yeah. Ty, who's actually not around, so it's more of a favor. This you're is putting my, Wilk uh, on his heels. Kind yeah, of a. Kind like, of a, not, a, a no call, no show from Wilk. It would have been nice if he wouldn't be like, "Hey guys, I'm out this week." Instead, you know, there's just cobwebs at his desk, and we're like, "Oh, I guess we're gonna have a different producer." Yeah, very it's little good, communication. Though. Black tie is the man, though. We're very excited to have him. Uh, we don't have rank here for the animosity to get ramped up. We just enjoy your work. So, well, I'm glad to be here. It's my third podcast of the day, actually. So, holy a bit on the tired side, but uh, we'll make it through. We'll make and, it through. And uh, for uh, around the league debate club, complete us. Because we know they're out there. Uh, Black Tie did produce one show prior. Uh, he hit record and then he walked out the door and uh, did some other work. So we basically, it was the Strangely first. Strangely, one of our better shows. Yeah, it was the first NFL.com podcast on record, I think, that had no one sitting on the other side of the glass. Hey, I had faith in you guys. <laughs> uh, like I said, we have a big show today, Mark. We do. We've uh, we've actually gone and done some producing. We've lined up a few guests. Mm hmm. Excited about them. And. Uh, I think we've got a debate on our hands, too, in general, you and I. Mm -hmm. This is the debate club. Well, we're not in a good place uh, when it comes to your New York Jets. Well, I mean, that's a kind of a weird way to put it. We're not in a good place. You and I are not in a good place. How, w explain further. It is hard for me to conjure up an NFL team that is driving <laughs> me nuts to a higher degree than everything having to do with the Jets at this point. Yeah. Well, and you continue to find root for my favorite well, team. Yeah. Well, number one, you are a journalist in theory. You shouldn't be rooting for them. But wow. well, no, no one's called me that before. Well, I do. As your friend, I'm concerned about your objectivity. Not really, but we do. We do. Uh, <laughs> we do seem to not agree on major, you know, tentpole issues with this team in terms of its quarterback play. It's well, yeah, I think future. Well, if you want to cut to the core of it, we both we disagree on Sanchez on some level. I don't think Sanchez is as bad as you put Sanchez as the worst quarterback in football on a, a, a countdown list last week, which was otherwise excellent. Um, but you know, I think with the Jets, they they can't get out of the news, and they're not even a relevant team in terms of uh, Super Bowl expectations anymore. But it's almost like. A, you know, the media in general is trained to this team that we need to continue. And as a Jets fan, it gets a little tiresome to have to deal with that. I mean, there's so many topics to deal with about them. It, it's pretty good, though, since us producing the show as Wilk is on a tropical island somewhere uh, listening to the killers on his iPod. We got in touch with one of the best beat guys in the business, uh, the great Manish Mehta of the New York Daily News. And we have him on the line right now. Manish, are you there? I am. There he is. There he is. One of the great beat guys in the country, as I said. Um, and, you know, while we have Manish on the phone, my first meeting with him was at uh, the Super Bowl in New Orleans in February uh, at Radio Row. He was having what I'll call an animated conversation with former Jets general manager, uh, Mike Tannenbaum. And I remember thinking to myself, this dude's intense. No wonder he's, you know, doing so well at his job. So... You know, we've gotten to know each other. He's a big Don Mattingly fan. And uh, Manish, thank you for coming on. Hey, anytime, guys. I prefer to categorize that discussion as a spirited uh, talk with my <laughs> Yeah, uh, that sounds about right. We're that sounds, that's, uh, as, we, as this floats through league circles, that, that probably will do you better. Right off the bat, question for you. You know, we, we get to work this morning, invariably there's seven or eight Jets storylines that hit us that we at Around the League need to 
fashion into posts, <laughs> short and readable. And this thing this morning that, la- that launched this anonymous source yet again for the Jets, talking uh, Mark Sanchez, suggesting that 80 to 90 percent of the roster feels that it's time for him to take a seat, get someone new in there. Have you heard anything along these lines? Do you have a take on this? Well, I can tell you at this point, we're talking about mid to late May, the guys that I've spoken to in the locker room really just want the best quarterback, the guy that's going to help them win games. I don't think there's any kind of preconceived notion of favoring Mark Sanchez or Geno Smith. And keep in mind, guys, about, uh, I would say, 25% of the roster turned over. You've got about 19, 20 new guys in that locker room. So I think that each guy is going to get a fair opportunity I understand that there's one guy who believes that maybe 80 to 90% of the locker room favors Geno Smith. Uh, I haven't uh, taken the temperature of everybody in that locker room, but the sentiment that I get in the early going right now is that they don't really care uh, who gets the starting nod, whether it's the rookie or the fifth-year guy. They just want the guy that's going to help them win football games. Yeah, and you know, while on the topic of quarterbacks, uh, you're, you've been around Geno Smith a bit now, and you know, I've gotten a chance to talk to him twice, but I haven't been around him as much as you. But I've gotten a pretty decent impression of him in terms of how he deals with the media and and you know how he carries himself. I mean, he caught a lot of flack, obviously, after the draft about you know his his attitude and such. What kind of vibe are you getting from him early on? He's handled himself really well thus far, Dan. It's in the early going, and he's handled himself like a professional. And uh, I would hope that uh, with everything that went on pre-draft and then in the uh, the immediate aftermath after he fired his agents, that he would handle himself in this way. You don't want to come across as a diva before you've been playing right. the game. So uh, my first impressions are, are pretty solid. He seems like a, a solid guy. And, I, and I've told people all along, whether it's Geno Smith or anybody else new that you meet, their true character is going to reveal itself over time, but you do want to give him the benefit of the doubt. And in the early going, he's handled himself very well. Yeah. Um, you know, yesterday, um, you know, Rex spoke out about uh, Sanchez's struggles with the turnovers. That, you know, Gino had one, too. I mean, was that, uh, you know, is that something where you think, I know Marty Mordenwig, the offensive coordinator, said that, you know, they'd like to have a starter in place next month, ideally. Is is Sanchez really in trouble here? Is he going to have to be almost perfect um, going forward to hold on to this job, or do you think it's a 50-50 shot? I don't think he's going to have to be perfect, uh, but I do believe that you can play yourself out of the job this early before training camp even begins, and we only got a, a small window into these OTAs with that one session yesterday, and he did throw three picks. I don't know whose fault those three picks were, you know, judging from the sideline, you always point to the quarterback, but you don't know if the receiver is running the right route. You don't necessarily know, uh, know what kind of uh, other factors were involved. That gets dissected by the quarterbacks and the coaches after practice. But uh, what I can tell you is that uh, you can absolutely lose your job now. Uh, I don't think that you can win the job now. When I spoke to Morningwig recently about uh, the timetable he had for picking a starter, he did say, He's not first uh, naming a guy or having the organization name a guy before they even go to Cortland for training camp in late July. I just think that it's going to be difficult for either Sanchez or Dino to separate himself from the other guy over these next 10 practices. I don't see that happening. I think it makes most sense to see these guys in live action tackling against another team in the preseason when you're going up uh, against live competition. Now, the downside to that, guys, is that when you do that, uh, it will take you longer to name a starter, and then when you do name that starter, you're going to have a shorter amount of time to prepare that guy 
for the start of the regular season. But, again, if you're going to have a full-blown competition, as Morningwood has indicated, I think that makes the most sense. Okay. And, you know, let's talk Rex a little bit because, you know, you followed him since the start. And, uh, you know, he was there in 09, you were there. I mean, is there a big, is there a difference with him? I know some people have said that he's lost some, some of the bluster um, as the team has started to struggle. Is he a different guy than he was four years ago, five years ago? I think he's the same guy in terms of his internal confidence, his self-confidence in not only himself and his coaching staff, but his players. I just think he's projecting it in a much more subdued manner. And you really have to. I don't think you can write soon-to-be champs on a van after you've come off right. consecutive <laughs> seasons where you haven't made the playoffs. So that strikes the reason that you know, he wouldn't be out as outlandish and make these brash statements as he had those first couple years. But in terms of his belief in himself and his belief that this team actually can be a playoff team, I don't think that's wavered. I think if you ask him in an honest moment, quietly, do you think that this team could make the playoffs, he would tell you yes. And he would also have a caveat that it's going to be extremely difficult. But I don't think he's a guy that goes into a practice or goes into a game ever thinking that he's uh, that, you know, not going to come up out, come out on top. That's just his mentality. That's the way he's wired. Well, I mean, taking a look at his arc as a coach, he came in, he immediately, I think, put the New York or the New England Patriots on blast. They won a playoff game against the Patriots. It really seemed that the Jets in general as a franchise were taking a turn. Things have been ugly since. Do you feel like he – is really coaching for his job this season. Is there a reality inside that franchise that if he doesn't do something special, it's it's uh, done for Rex Ryan? Well, I will say this. Typically, marriages between general managers and head coaches that they inherit don't work out. And if John Idzik's going to have autonomy over this organization, he's probably going to want to pick his own guy. Now, if the Jets surprise people and win nine or ten games, maybe don't make the playoffs, but are over five hundred, perhaps there's a chance that Rex Ryan could stay on board. But if you're going to believe that John Idzik does have the decision-making control over his head coach after this season, and I, and I do believe that Woody Johnson will have a say, but I think the owner is going to give his general manager uh, you know, the authority to ultimately make a decision on that head coach. So to answer your question in a roundabout way, yeah, I do think that Rex Ryan is coaching for his job. Uh, he's got two years left. He signed through 2014 for – somewhere around $7 million, $6 to $7 million in that range. I think that's partly why uh, he did not get fired after this uh, past season. Uh, but to touch on what you just said earlier, he did breathe life into this organization. He did change the culture of this organization. And I know that Woody Johnson likes him, but it's going to be awfully tough to keep him aboard if they miss the playoffs for the third consecutive year. I mean, do you feel, let's say you were covering the Kansas City Chiefs out in the middle of the country, do you feel like you actually are – doing two men's jobs by having to cover this team. It seems like a 24-7 experience. What's it, what's it been like for you from when you started? <laughs> well, uh, you know, I can tell you that I haven't seen my wife that much during the course of the season <laughs> over these past four years. But, look, they, they make a lot of storylines. Uh, the root of that, of course, is, is Rex. And, and like, as we said earlier, the first two years, he was a headline pretty much every day. And it, there's never a dull moment. It's always exciting. It's particularly fun when they're making these headlines and they're also winning on the field. That's why 2009 and 2010 were particularly enjoyable from a, uh, a journalist standpoint. But, uh, you know, even when they, they were losing these past couple of years, they seemed to be in the headlines for 
probably uh, reasons that they wouldn't like. So, yeah, it's an all-encompassing uh, type of deal, and uh, it's always entertaining. I'd much rather prefer – I prefer this over, you know, a boring team that's uh, – you know, I don't want to say, oh, I can't city, but a team that uh, kind of lays in the weeds and isn't out there in the forefront like the Jets are. Yeah, and uh, we'll we'll let you go after this because I'm sure, you know, you have 17 subplots to, to cover <laughs> before the end of the day. Um, I do, I do want to know because we're a well-rounded podcast, and Manish is actually, a, a surprising to me, a, a big country fan. Um, uh, you have any uh, country album recommendations for our listeners that might be into that type of music? I do, and as a matter of fact, I'm glad you brought this topic up because <laughs> I was at a Tim McGraw concert this past weekend in South Jersey, and he's got a new album out, Two Lanes of Freedom. I highly recommend it. He's also got a collaboration with Neil, of all people, a terrific song. So I think if, uh, if you're a country fan and you're looking for something good to get, Two Lanes of Freedom, Tim McGraw. Wow, you sound almost like a PR flack for Tim McGraw. <laughs> I'm a big Tim McGraw fan. I'm also... Uh, a big Tug McGraw fan. His father, oh, yes. so uh, I just enjoy the music. And uh, like I said, guy puts on a great show, and he's got a, a great new album out. Well, that's great, and hopefully the music, uh, you know, helps keep you sane during another tough <laughs> jet season. It definitely does. <laughs> All right, man. Well, thank you very much, Manish. Uh, again, we we love uh, reading uh, your opinions and and your reporting. You do a great job with the Jets, and we hope to have you on again. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thank right. you. There you go, I Manish. Uh, giving us a really detailed breakdown of Tim McGraw's, not only his new album, but I believe his tour schedule. I don't know, Manish is sort of a renaissance man because <laughs> you're covering one of the most high-octane franchises in sports, and you're going to a country concert in the... I wouldn't have expected that. Yeah, and you know he gave a lot of good insight on the Jets. It's going, it's going to be another interesting season. It probably won't be a competitive season, but uh, you know I agree with him what he what he said about Rex. I think you know Rex almost needs a miracle at this point to, to keep this job. I think maybe if they get to eight wins, that's enough to convince management. But I think anything less, they're going to want a fresh start. I think it's important. One one quick thing that he noted before we move on, that this is a roster that's changed a ton. And I think they've removed some of the stale elements that probably plagued the locker room and pulled it down last year. Right. I do think that Rex seems... Uh, encouraged, he seems like kind of fired up to coach this team. And you know, we saw Bill Belichick do his best coaching job the year he didn't have Tom Brady. I think mm-hmm. they still went eleven and five. Rex has the chance to do something no one's expected. I don't think it will happen, but we'll see. What's for up your, ne- for your sanity? I hope so. <laughs> yeah, right. What's up next today? Let's let's keep well, you the know, train rolling. So Sanchez is uh, twenty six years old. Mm. And we have a series. Uh, ought to be 26. Ought to be 26. But it would be better, or potentially not, if he were 25, because he would have a shot of making a list that is hot on the ATL wires right now. Greg Rosenthal's top 10 quarterbacks under 25. Uh, are you are you setting it up for that us to was, call Greg I, I think that we should. That, by the way, that was a very smooth transition on my part. Black Tie, how was that transition, 1 out of 10? That was a pretty good one. Uh, Damshek isn't really as smooth for uh, reasons we all know because he just goes <laughs> off on random tangents. But real quick, just to, not to break up your awesome yeah. transition, with Manish, <laughs> I uh, dug through my uh, audio drops library. I couldn't get a country one. I'm sorry. Uh, I was. I was. Well, if you ever produce again, uh, and he's back on the show, I'll we should ready. have something ready. I'll yeah. be ready to go. Why don't we give him a call? We love catching Greg off off balance. You know, let's see how he reacts. All right, let's do it. Call him right now. You know, I love. It's good to catch our boss off. You know, let's get him on his heels. It's one of my favorite things to do because you never know what Greg's doing. 
you know. Let's find out, guys. Let's find out. Let's find out. Greg? What's happening? Wait, what? <laughs> you know, you tricked us. Well, he's been on the whole time. I'm listening. He's been to on you. the line the entire I've had time. Ears everywhere. <laughs> when Dan says that no one knows what Greg is doing, what he assumes is, work your way out of this, Dan. But well, he's working, right? Listen, I thought I thought all these comments were going to be made as as the phone was ringing. Yeah. But uh, Black Tie pulled the rug out from under us there. So one, you know, people always tell me like, don't trust Black Tie, our producer. <laughs> and now we we learned a hard lesson. I didn't know if you wanted me to play along like this was some sort of thing, some sort of bit you were doing, but no, yeah. I, I heard all that. Yeah, but, we don't do bits. It's all organic, very real. Oh, yeah. Very real. It's very real. Hey, Greg, uh, thank you for coming back on the ATL Debate Club. Chris Wessling, our other ATL writer, is now in the building. So that is three-fourths or at least three-fifths of the team. We're waiting on you now, Greg. Uh, and I'll be there in two weeks. I don't know if you guys are really going to enjoy this change. I don't know if you know what it's, it's going to be a change. I, I'm moving to L.A. Uh, in a couple of weeks, uh, so I will I will be there. Yeah. Well, that's a little bit foreboding. What was that all about? <laughs> <laughs> What's that? What was that all about? It was like you may not like it. Are you going to whip us if you... You don't like a post or, or put us in a corner? I'm just, I'm just saying that the intensity you're feeling through the instant messages we uh, go back and forth on every day, now it's going to be like right in your face. Uh, it might be a little much, you know? I feel like yeah. everyone out in L.A. at the L.A. offices, they're, they're moving at a different speed. Everyone's so nice. <laughs> yeah, Greg often makes comments to us like, you guys aren't tough and all this stuff. So now he's going to be in the office, and he'll see, he'll see what it's like working in a newsroom where you know people are always screaming and walking up to his Damashek rolling over and you know uh, unfurling these long theories while we're trying to pump out content. You know, the game's not going to just change for us, Greg. It's going to change for you as well. Yeah, that's true. I'm more worried about me. And uh, and my wife and her reaction and pretty much everything. So uh, you're, it's a fair point. The uh, the other person I'm worried about a little bit is Wes uh, because before moving to urban Los Angeles, he he lived off an island off Georgia. It was kind of it seemed like a Dawson's Creek type setting. No, 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 no. And it was like an artistic colony for people who think <laughs> differently. And now now this no it's not like la is not uh the same as this artistic colony i would say la is no tybee island i mean no. yeah all his <laughs> pictures were like writing posts with his feet kicked up and a beer and on the beach it, it'll be a little different it's over yeah uh, we are a little concerned about west but he seems to be doing fairly well in his transition so far all right so greg before we got you on we noted that uh we just talked with manish uh, meta from the New York Daily News, and uh, one of the topics was Sanchez. The guy is 26. Some called him a very old 26, potentially done with his NFL career. Ah, to be 26. You're working on a quarterback's list of people 25 and even younger than 25, uh, ranking them 1 through 10. The NFL Network's all over this thing. They're loving you. Uh, Where are we in this list right now? We're uh, hitting number 7, Ryan Tannehill, coming out on Thursday. Tempted to put him a little higher. I, I do love me some Ryan Tannehill. Greg loves Ryan Tannehill. He well we detected that very early on in the season last year, uh, and I don't think it was you just trying to be necessarily a contrarian against all the the excess of love for RG three and Luck. You really saw something in him. What what is it that you see? Well, he's got. If you look past the numbers a little bit, and 
you know, the fact he was clearly the fourth best rookie last year. But if you look past that a little bit, he's got everything you would possibly want if you were putting together what you want in a franchise quarterback. And, you know, his rookie year stacks up, I think, well, when you watch it. He's someone, I think, watching him game to game looks far more impressive than, than you expect. I think people don't think that highly of him because in his big games, his national TV games, the Bills game on Thursday night, some of the Patriots games, those were his worst games. Now, they, now one thing with Tannehill is he has some weapons now. Do you see him making that leap this year now that he has some guys to throw to and uh, guys around him? That's the thing. I put him seven. That put him behind Stafford, Russell Wilson, Cam Newton. It, it wouldn't surprise me if he has a better season, Tannehill, that is, than, than some of those guys. It, it wouldn't at all because, I mean, he moves in the pocket. His, his arm is great. Uh, he, he pretty much just does a little bit of everything. He kind of acted like a veteran. He wasn't known for that uh, changing plays. Pre- pretty much he's got touch. Uh, he, the one thing he wasn't great was he was a little back and forth accuracy-wise, but uh, yeah, I think he's going to make a leap. I think he's going to be very good. I'm a little worried about the rest of his team still coming together, but I think he'll be great. What are the chances? Do you think it's it's possible he could be, if you do this list again next year, this top 10 under 25, that he could be in the top three? Does he have that type of potential to you? Yeah. I don't see why he doesn't have potential to be a top five NFL quarterback. You know, maybe not next year. Uh, but man, I, the I love think affair is just all of that. amazing. This is an amazing love affair between you and Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> Well, let's well, talk. What, what is it about Ryan Tannehill that you don't like? I mean, give me, give me something that isn't there. No, it's. Not, I I think all the tools are there. I agree with you on that. I. It's just you know you are all in on Tannehill in the in the fact that you kind of bought in early. So if he does step up, you're going to reap all the rewards. But you're also kind of <laughs> out there right now on him a little bit. Let's face it. Yeah, that's fine. I, and every time I watch, I'm I'm a little more convinced. Put it this way: I've done what he's the fourth guy. And there was Bradford, uh, Dalton, and uh, number 10 on the list was Freeman. You know, Tannehill made more plays that you're just like, wow. You know, Brady, Tom Brady, you know, I don't see Tom Brady or guys like that do that much in a game or two than, than all of those guys did combined. That's fair. That's fair. With a guy like Cam Newton, who's 24, doesn't turn 25 till next May, do you, uh, in your eyes, did he rise or fall? I know you can't judge him against the guys he had to deal with before because you got this influx of rookies, but did his stock drop a little bit last season? A little bit, not much. You know, I think I expected him to take a big leap, kind of like I was just talking of Tannehill. There's that feeling that, you know, rookie quarterback is so tough that you're going to take a big leap as a second year. I don't think he took a huge leap. I think he was a little better overall once he factor in his second half. Uh, but he didn't improve as much as I thought. I don't think he was as good in e- either of his years as those as Luck and RG3 were in their rookie year. Is it hard to get excited about a guy like Andy Dalton? Like, Damashek is just glowing over the Cincinnati Bengals like he did a season ago and announcing them as the crowned kings of the AFC North. But I, I look at Dalton, and I, you know, it, it, he's functional. He certainly keeps his mistakes down. But it's not the next Joe Flacco in my book where he's this big-arm guy that just needs a big season. I just see him as a guy with limited gifts. What about you? Yeah, I worry that he's a guy that's maxing out his ability. I mean, he's so he really struggles throwing the ball down the field. I mean, that's the thing. With quarterbacks, they all get judged on wins, and Dalton has a lot of hype. Because I mean, you put Bryant Hill or some of these guys on that Bengals team, 
and they're going to look pretty good too. That's the defense, everything else. I think Dalton's good, uh, but yeah, long term, I'm not too excited about him. Uh, to to circle back to come full circle in this conversation tonight after work, we are going to take Chris Wessling out for drinks in Culver City, California. Uh, wow! Yeah, at a dive bar, dive bar called the Cozy. Um, you know, I'm wondering if we get a couple drinks in him, if he's going to pull a uh, Job from Arrested Development and say, "I think I've made a huge mistake." Um, but I I honestly do fear for what's going to happen to him. Well, you know, we we're happy to have Chris and and Greg. We're we're waiting your arrival. We're waiting your arrival, and we're not we're not scared. We're not scared. We're excited. I'm excited. All right, Greg, thank you, and we will be back down cranking out posts as soon as this is over. See you guys. Bye. All right, I, um, before we go, wanted to bring up something. In the NFL.com newsroom, or the, I should say, because synergy is key, the NFL media newsroom yesterday, uh, once again, all work came to a standstill because NFL Network aired the Tecmo Bowl special by NFL Films, which is... <clears throat> you know, it's it's bordering. It's getting into iconic status in terms of NFL Network programming. And, uh, hey, Black Tie, have you seen this? I'm sure you have. Haven't seen it yet, though. Oh, I'm great. interested to Who hear Who are you, you by the have. way, Black Tie? How have you <laughs> well, not a, seen this? Well, I'm a films guy, to be honest. I actually used to be a films. I've said it a lot in the DDFP. I'm saying it here. Yeah. I'm a films alum myself, so I'm a big fan of their work. I just haven't <laughs> seen this in particular. Well, this, you know, this reminds me. They've been playing it a lot recently on the network um it kind of reminds me back in the mid 90s when hbo played uh the 80s classic just one of the guys basically on loop throughout a whole summer and you know i remember seeing that hundreds of times i that is now happening with this new this techno bowl special that originally aired in october um there is one there's a breakout character uh, named mort who is from buffalo he works as like a forklift op- operator and he he spends Something like multiple hours per day practicing. We actually have we have some sound clips of Mort, who's become something of a, a hero, underdog hero in the NFL media newsroom. Black Tie, can you roll those clips out? I always try to keep my edge on these other guys. <laughs> try to find some new little trick, some new little game I could toy with them with. <laughs> my name is Francis Bunagel, but to the Tecmo world, I'm known as Mort. I'm 28 years old from Buffalo. I work for a beer company in the city. And also, the, there's one more clip the the um, where he talks about, you know, guys thinking it's cool, um, and women being terrified. <laughs> I've been practicing about three or four hours a day. <laughs> hey, I want the title back. I like being number one in the country, not number two. <laughs> if I get the feeling somebody's guessing a running play, I'll just sit on my passing plays and wait. Guys usually think it's the coolest thing they ever heard of. My friends still go around telling other friends, this is the guy who goes around traveling to Tecmo Bowl tournaments. (laughs) I I think the girls, they don't say it, but in the background, they're like, you got to be kidding me, right? (laughs) I love Mort so very much. When your average woman... I don't know who he's speaking to, has no idea what... It's not that she's immediately reacting to a career in Tecmo Bowl. Yeah. She has never heard of Tecmo Bowl. Yeah, and I guess we could have set it up better. There, There's, you know, tournaments that take place throughout the country, and he's, you know, known as one of the better tournament players. Um, you grew up playing Tecmo We all have. We all played Super right. Tecmo Bowl. You, sure. you have a story that I would like Well, I think it just, it's just a, a sample of this 
game overtook my life. My brother Eric and I, who's younger than I, and, and a friend, Peter Acton, the same exact age as myself, spent, I think it was five months uh, playing a double elimination tournament. A tournament. It was a yeah. massive bracket where when you lost, you went to a whole different separate giant poster board bracket. <laughs> and with each game, we would write up, not too different from ATL, to be honest, like a post about each really? game. Uh, but with with you know colored marker in uh, what is now like three, four-inch spiral-bound notebooks tracking. <laughs> I think it, we got to 970 games played over the course of a summer. So I feel like in a, if, I, if I'd taken a different turn, I could have been the guy who wound up in some, you know, shack in Buffalo a sh- playing. A sharp left turn. Yeah. You know, uh, two things that we need to take out of that. First of all, I would call you a loser, but I was maybe not as meticulous and note-taking as you were, but I was obsessed with that game to the point where, you know, that was one of the first games, if not the first game, where you could track stats over a season, and it had some type of save function, but it didn't always save. So I remember I'd be so nervous about r- losing my – you know, um, I think I played with the Niners. I stayed away from Bo Jackson out of respect. Um, but, you know, I would leave the Nintendo on all day or play an entire season just so I didn't lose the stats. But here's my thing. Number one, and this will be an assignment for Wilktai, is we got to track down Mort, and we got to get Mort on the phone. I would say for next I, week. We need to, Yes, for next week, ASAP. We need to talk to him about how his life has changed. Uh, how many more titles he's won, if he has a girlfriend. I have so many questions. Number two, you need next trip home to find this notebook, and I want to see some of these stories. I'll bring them in. It's it's in a, it's in a box in my parents' house, and I can confirm that I, it did nothing for my interactions with females as a as a youth. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I mean, this nothing. when that game was out, that was uh, maybe at the beginning of a very long uh, single period that lasted through high school for the most part. <laughs> So, yeah, there was a lot of time for Tech Mobile. Um, we are out of time. We got to go. And that's a transition. Black tie. How about that transition? Um, thank you uh, to Manish Meta again. He was uh, kind enough to come on. And Greg Rosenthal, who, who a foreboding message about our future. little concerned about that, but uh, we've got time to prepare. It's our home court. It is, and we must protect this house. Uh, until next time. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. 
Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.